the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to our Christmas edition of Unite, i.e. Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton, and I'm with my co-host, Don Dix, and... uh, it is Christmas, and Merry Christmas to you and yours, Don. And uh, Merry Christmas to you, Greg. It's important, with all the political stuff that we always talk, we usually talk about on this show, that... Is that we, what we do? We do. We talk about political stuff? Usually. I thought, I thought, I thought this was a NASCAR... I thought this was a... Sports a, talk radio. Sports talk radio. Yeah, how about, how about them Dodgers? <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but seriously, is we should remember the reason for the season... And the Lord is still on his throne, regardless of what happens in politics. And not to, mention, not to diminish the importance of politics, but there are things that are more important. And we should always keep those in mind. Things certainly look kind of bleak right now. And we're recording Thursday as the ongoing discussions in Washington about possible government shutdown, trying to get money to secure the border and stop the deluge of immigrants coming into the country. Uh, we have the ongoing Mueller investigation, which is which Alan Dershowitz, liberal law professor, said is really a Stalinist, show me the man and I'll find a crime investigation. We have the ongoing efforts to suppress freedom of speech. And we can go on and on, the California results and on and on and on about the problems and the difficulties and the challenges that we face. But let's start with looking back to a time when America faced a, if not equally severe, probably even more severe crisis and challenge. And that was in the Christmas of 1776. I think we forget sometimes in the midst of our current malaise, political malaise, because that's really what it is. It's a political and ideological malaise. It's a war, actually. Well, it is. uh, But but it's but. what we're getting ready to talk about is real war. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I want to distinguish. We do talk about the culture war. But I think at times using that word war diminishes the real meaning of war, the traditional meaning of war, which is armed conflict. True. And in war, real war, shooting war, our guys put their lives on the line. Yeah, you may you may be boycotted. Yeah, you may be you may lose your job. You, you may suffer adverse consequences for being involved in conservative politics. But, but you're not stage, dead, at the, at, gen, except for in the ski, Steve Scalise. I mean, there are some instances of that. Well, yeah. Generally, you're not being shot at. Correct. So, in light of that, Newt Gingrich, who's also who started his career as a historian before he moved into politics, will tell us about the Christmas of 1776. General Washington and his troops had been defeated in September, driven from Brooklyn to Manhattan, 
from Manhattan to north of New York City, around the Palisades, across New Jersey. They declined from 30,000 troops in September to 2,500 effectives on Christmas Day. Of the 2,500, one-third did not have boots. They were wearing burlap bags wrapped around their feet, and as they marched, they left a trail of blood. General Washington knew that if he didn't win a victory soon, the entire army would have disappeared. And so he had to do something desperate. He proposed to cross an icy river at night in a snowstorm and then march nine miles in the dark to the city of Trenton, a village that had 800 German troops, professionals, Hessians. He was going to surprise them and capture them. It was a very dangerous plan. Because it was harder to get there than they thought, they were four hours late. And yet, as a sign of divine providence, there was an enormous snowstorm coming from the north, behind them, pushing them towards Trenton. A storm so enormous that the German troops said nobody could be out in this kind of weather. So they didn't post guards. They didn't muster at dawn as they normally would because it was impossible. And for Europeans, it probably was impossible. But these were Americans. They were used to the American winter. They were used to deer hunting in the winter. They were used to traveling in the winter. This was just a terrible snowstorm. It wasn't a reason to stop. Washington's troops surprised the Germans, captured 800 of them at the cost of one American, and then ran for the river before the British Army could catch them, went across the river with their prisoners. Within two weeks, 15,000 volunteers showed up, and Washington began driving the British across New Jersey. The revolution had been saved. How big a gamble was it? That night, as they began to get in the boats, they were told that the password for that evening was victory or death, and they meant it. They were prepared to give everything for freedom. Surely, in the most successful country in history, we can do what is necessary. We can be in the spirit of General Washington and the Americans who fought for freedom. We can go out, get the vote out, make the argument, stand up for freedom. And I believe we can have as big an impact in helping America remain free in our generation as they did in theirs. It's hard to believe that happened 242 years ago. With no promise of liberty and freedom at the end of the rainbow, but a fight in their souls. Um, used to winter. Newt Gingrich says they were used to winter, but I don't think you ever get used to walking in snow and ice in your nearly bare feet, suffering bags from wrapped around your, your feet. frostbite. So the commitment, the, the, the level of commitment, um, I don't know that by and large, I know there are people here in this country that are willing to step up and do, uh, what needs to be done in order to defend this country by joining our armed services. But I don't know that the average person is prepared to engage that level of commitment anymore. I mean, how, how many people are willing to make phone calls 
right before an election or, or yeah. canvas door too to big door of an inconvenience or make or won't make a money. difference won't make a difference yes they didn't know these two thousand people crossing the river these soldiers that were uh, you know facing in immense odds militarily but also the psychological odds that Newt Gingrich tries to paint of being an unpopular war where people were like, I don't know about this. This isn't going so well. Mm-hmm. They did need that victory, as he says, in order to draw 15,000 volunteers who joined shortly after the word spread of this victory. But what kind of word needs to spread today? Here we are, what, nearly two months after the midterm elections where we learned that there were electoral strategies being deployed by the left that we weren't completely aware of what kind of strategies what kind of commitment is necessary today in order to push back on those good question and there's not there's not there is not an easy answer uh and that's why we come back we every show we talk our motto it's a radio show for the most important political office that of the private citizen because donald trump is not going to save the country or anyone else. Right. It's going to be the private citizens that do that, that, that insist that we have a secure border and we don't have de- deluges of poor welfare, future welfare recipients pouring into the country who are low skill, who are going to undermine opportunities for low income Americans. Their kids are going to go into our schools and be a huge burden there. They're going to go into our emergency rooms or they're going to go on Medi-Cal and be a huge burden to the taxpayers. If you don't want that, for example, then we collectively need to do something about that, not to say, well, Donald Trump, you do something about it. Just veto, just veto the spending right. bill and it'll be all, and we'll be talking more about that, what's going on there with the wall and the spending bills and so on in our second half. But it's not just, Donald Trump, you take care of it. That's not going to work. No. There's two things that are happening, it occurs to me, based on what you just said. The first thing is is that um, people, by and large, are not being prepared for the role of citizenship in the way that they used to be prepared for it and are even more detrimental than that. They're actually being prepared with an entitlement mentality in through our schools. You you have a right to health care. You have a right to three square meals a day. You have a right to all these things. You have a right to be able to declare uh, whatever you feel your sexuality is this year. You have all these rights that aren't enumerated really anywhere in the Constitution, although activist judges have somehow divined that. But the next step in that is the fact that while we are not preparing people for the responsibility of the proper care and feeding of the republic, we're actually building into them this entitlement mentality that makes them dependent on it. And those of us, like you and I, who believe in the responsibility are demonized now on the other side as being, you know, this this idea that we should all be responsible for ourselves is twisted into this mantra that we are hate-filled. We hate people that have needs, that have uh, that are different than us, that are whatever, uh, that aren't from this country, that are seeking asylum. We are haters. No, 
we are defenders of what makes nations great. Absolutely. And there's another aspect. We need to take a break here, but there's another aspect of the story of Christmas of 1776 that I want to touch on after this word from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, here on AM590 The Answer. Let me talk to you seniors for a moment. Have you been hearing people talk about reverse mortgages and wondering what those are all about? Let me make it simple for you. A reverse mortgage is exactly the same as any other mortgage with one exception. You don't have to pay monthly payments if you don't want to. You still get a monthly statement and you can send in payments if you want to. They're just not required. So your next question is, where does that leave my kids when at some point I pass away? Did I just give their inheritance to the bank? The answer is no. Your kids will inherit the same amount as they would have otherwise with the exception of anything that you want or anything that you need between now and your final day on earth. If this sounds like something that might enhance your retirement years and you want to talk to someone who can make it just that simple, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturday mornings at 10, Saturday nights at 9, and Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock right here on AM 590 The Answer. Licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate, broker license number 01147747, NMLS and California Finance Lenders license number 603K610. AM 590. The answer. Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590 The Answer. Welcome back to the Unite IE Radio Show, the radio show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. We just heard an audio uh, of Newt Gingrich, who recorded a v- version of. Christmas of 1776, when George Washington led roughly 2,000 troops across the Delaware River into Trenton uh, to surprise the Haitians who were suffering. Haitians? Yeah, them Haitians? They weren't Haitians then? <laughs> I think they were Haitians. I'm from Baltimore. Hessians and Haitians are the same thing. Okay. <laughs> they all pronounce the same way. Um, they ha- them, they're Haitians. <laughs> We're uh, sleeping off a celebratory Chris, uh, you know, night of uh, drinking, and we're talking about the relevance of that today. Do, do we have the same level? Do we have the same gumption? Do we have the same commitment to liberty? Do we have the same how many, I mean, how many, how few people do anything for the campaign? Call, write, knock on doors, contribute some money, and it's a very small percentage. But there's another, there's another, there's another store side of lesson from that, from the story of Christmas of 1776, is because you and I, when you and I grew up, Don, we got that. I mean, this this was this was this was a big story. This was taught in the school. This was taught in the government-run schools, and it's these stories from our, our our history that give us a national identity. That walking. Marching in at night in a snowstorm with a burlap bag around your feet, leaving a trail of blood in the snow for liberty, for the country, is what Americans do. And these days, 
if this if this is taught at all, and it's probably not taught, it's maybe briefly mentioned, if that, and in the midst of a whole bunch of negative about how terrible the founders of our country were. Ronald Reagan talked about this in his farewell address as president, about this the, the eroding of this historical knowledge. And he says that if we don't remember what we did, we won't know who we are. For example, and you and I know this, but how many people that are graduate in high school or college today would know anything about the Christmas of 1776? Mm-hmm. Or if you said 30 seconds over Tokyo, you and I know what that means and what that, and what that refers to. How many, how, how many other people, especially the especially younger people, would have a clue to that? But it was, it, was, it was one of those great stories of how after the American Navy in World War II was devastated at the attack on Pearl Harbor, heavily outnumbered by the Japanese Navy at that time. This is about April of 42, well, about five months after Pearl Harbor. And two carriers in radio silence approached the coast of Japan with a, one of them had 16B-25 bombers on the deck. They could take off from the carrier, but they couldn't land back on, on the carrier. And the idea was to launch a, a surprise bombing raid on Japan and then fly and, and land in friendly territory in China. Were we talking about the Doolittle Raid? The Doolittle Raid. Yes. Okay. And a great story of American pluck and courage and innovation to, to pull this thing off. And how many people is that taught in the government-run schools today? I, how, many, how many people know that? But it's these stories, this common heritage, this common sense of a history, the, the common sense of things, of these great things that we've done in the past is essential to have a nation. What you're talking about, it's the same thing as school spirit. You know, when you go to a certain university and you become uh, in, in, so embroiled and passionate about you know, the success of that university's football team, USC, UCLA. I mean, the list goes on, right? At Berkeley, at Berkeley, we called them respectively the University for Spoiled Children and the University of California for Lower Achievers. There you go. So it, 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 what you're talking about is the same thing as you know people now, now, develop. Now, now that I've, I've, I've now driven away all of our, our <laughs> listeners from USC and UCLA. Well— I, I think they can take both a joke. of them. I think they're. I think they're. I think they have thick skin. It's the same thing as school spirit. American spirit has been systematically, systemically demonized by the progressive movement in this, which is also code for socialist, socialist and, and communist and globalists. Successfully demonized to the point to where if you are pro-America, if you're a nationalist, you are now automatically a white nationalist. They have taken the term nationalist, which interestingly, I saw a video of a Mexican, of a truck driver in Mexico, therefore a Mexican truck driver. It almost sounds derogatory. We're so inculcated in this politically correct uh, environment that to say a Mexican truck driver almost sounds like you're it's a slur. It was a truck driver who is in Mexico. He was coming across uh, people from the migrant caravan that were raising the Honduran flag in the middle of the freeway in Mexico, in Mexico. And he stops his truck and berates these people, says, we don't do that here. We fly the Mexican flag because we are in Mexico. You get the heck out. 
You have no right to do this. I mean, and I was shocked. Well, you know, that, that's, that's astounding. A brown white supremacist. Exactly. A brown nationalist. You know, and, and it occurred to me that there are people in Mexico. I mean, you know, especially see this during soccer matches when, you know, it's Brazil versus Mexico or whatever. The, the nationalist spirit of people for their sports teams is also reflective in this truck driver about his spirit for his country when someone is invading, in air quotes, invading it and flying the flag in their hands, the Honduran flag, on a freeway. And somehow today, for anybody to do that, for us to have that same American spirit, what you're referring to that was taught in schools, that relates the stories of George Washington and, you know, crossing the Delaware with these uh, early revolutionaries right um the doolittle raid all of the things and i can imagine we could have the same conversation about any one of the major battles of world war ii d-day i mean you could go down a huge list where americans our brothers and sisters fathers sons sisters did things that required a huge amount of dedication almost certain death Walking into almost certain death for the their their posterity, for the country, for America to continue to carry that torch of liberty and freedom into future generations. That needs to be instilled in every citizen today so that they are protected from the propaganda of the left. And it's not done. And that's why I say one of the major fronts in the battle are schools. One of the major fronts in the battle are both primary and secondary education. One of the major fronts in the battle is our entertainment industry. One of the major fronts in the battle is our media because they are all aligned against the things that we're talking about right now. Absolutely. They want to put it generously, fundamentally transform the country and make it a globalist one world. Anybody can come in and we're going to be talking about another major front immigration in our in our in our second half hour. What's going on with the wall and possible government shutdown. But yeah, those are all major fronts. And the difference we talk about war and whether it's really a war or not. The differences between us, the American nationalist, traditionalists. And the left, that which is the, now encompasses the Democrat Party almost entirely, are, in my view, even greater than the differences between the the during the sh- shooting civil war of the 1860s, where I think there was basically it was Christianity. They believed at least in freedom, at least on in the South, at least freedom for the white people, not certainly not for the slaves. The um, but the culture was more the same at that point. Now, how do you have a country? in which you have people who believe that, and, and there was just a story this past week that um, not is that just because you have a vagina does not mean that you're a woman. How do you have a country with people who think like that? And that's just, and that's just, that's just, that's just one example. Well, starting January 1st, I can now, on my driver's license, place an X in the place where your uh, gender goes, because starting January 1st, um, you can self-declare your sex. So non-binary is now a choice. Right. And, and actually, I, I, just, I was just reading this, mor- this morning that if you pay an extra fee, you can get one of those little special driver's licenses that depending on what angle you hold it up to the light, it might be male, female or X. I've never heard of that. It's, 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 a, it's just coming out today. So this, this is a great innovation. 
Well, speaking of innovations, we are so innovative that we have to have sponsors for our show in order for us to be on the air with you every Every week. Every week. And we, at four and we, o'clock. We appreciate our sponsors, Ed Hoffman in first half and Dean Safe of All Star Collision in second half. And uh, we'll be hearing a message from Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation as we go out here. Um, and we're going to be talking immigration, wall, shutdown in our second half hour. Stay tuned. And anything else we can cram in. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, President of Wholesale Capital Corporation, your local direct mortgage lender and host of the main event, Heard Weekends, here on AM590 The Answer. Let me talk to you seniors for a moment. Have you been hearing people talk about reverse mortgages and wondering what those are all about? Let me make it simple for you. A reverse mortgage is exactly the same as any other mortgage with one exception. You don't have to pay monthly payments if you don't want to. You still get a monthly statement and you can send in payments if you want to. They're just not required. So your next question is, where does that leave my kids when at some point I pass away? Did I just give their inheritance to the bank? The answer is no. Your kids will inherit the same amount as they would have otherwise with the exception of anything that you want or anything that you need between now and your final day on earth. If this sounds like something that might enhance your retirement years and you want to talk to someone who can make it just that simple, call me toll free at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. And listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturday mornings at 10, Saturday nights at 9, and Sunday mornings at 8 o'clock right here on AM 590 The Answer. Licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate, broker license number 01147747, NMLS 9873, and California Finance Lenders license number 603K610. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program, the radio show for the most important political office, that of private American citizen. I think given the first half of the show, I felt compelled to add American because I want to be clear that there are citizens that are here from around the world that aren't supposed to be here. There are people who are here. And I, I, you know what? On top of that, I'm not sure people understand the, 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 the actual term of the word the actual definition of the word citizen anymore. Citizen isn't somebody you're just walking down the street next to. Citizen has a legal definition as well, it does. doesn't it? it? It does. And um, so as part of just muddling up any standards and borders on the, of the, by the Democrat Party and the left is the, the idea of what's, in a, what's a citizen. And evidenced by San Francisco, they are letting illegal Aliens vote in San Francisco in certain local elections in San Francisco. It's happening in Maryland too. There's a there's a county in Maryland that it's allowing that for the very same reason because they're saying, well, they may not be citizens of the United States and eligible to vote in federal elections, but they're going to be influenced uh, and certainly should have a right to decide on local matters, shouldn't they? Yeah, there's there are no borders. You do you know it's 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 part of this globalist agenda to take away there's any meaning of what it means to be an American, and we talked about that in our in our in our first half as well, and the lack of historical education to the extent they do historical education, it's generally anti-American historical well, education. But the big of course the big news this week. Well, wait a minute, I got some even bigger news. Uh, as an introduction to the big news. Okay, so the bigger news is that there is a. GoFundMe account. Now, one of President Trump's big promises in the campaign trail was, you know, that we were going to get a wall, that border security was so important that we were going to build the wall, build the wall. It was chanted, would you say, at nearly every one of Donald Trump's uh, rallies leading up to the presidential election Um, in 2016? Build the wall, make it tall. Absolutely. That was probably his signature promise. And it's the one that I think has been most frustrating 
to all of us and maybe certainly to him too. It's been so frustrating to one particular individual who happens to be a vet, an individual who's a Purple Heart recipient. He's a triple amputee. He started, he's so frustrated, he started a GoFundMe account to help the president build the wall. That GoFundMe account, which started a a number of days ago, as of the time of our recording, because we still don't really have a resolution. We record the show on Thursdays. As of Thursday, the GoFundMe account that was created on December 16th has a total of $6.6 million raised of a total goal of $1 billion. I guess $1 billion is the statutory maximum on GoFundMe. They're actually looking to have GoFundMe raise that max. Now, GoFundMe gets a percent. I don't know what percentage of the money GoFundMe gets. Um, I know for lower accounts, I thought it was somewhere between 5 to 8%. Mm, that's, 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 a, that's a stiff percentage. Can you imagine what 5%, even if it's on the low side, so 5% of a billion? That's going to make GoFundMe's year. That's $50 million if they raise this billion that GoFundMe gets. If if those percentages apply to those higher dollar GoFundMe accounts. But I, I thought it was important to start that off because this uh, fellow, Brian Colfage, I guess is his name, K-O-L-F-A-G-E, has started this GoFundMe account on December 16th because he was so frustrated with what was going on. He said, heck with it. If Congress isn't going to do it, let's, as the American people do it, and there's precedent for this, by the way. There are there are uh, uh, prior efforts to raise money to fund government uh, uh, issues. I'll look what those up are up as we get into uh, this conversation about the wall, Greg. Yeah, I would I would certainly make a substantial contribution to that fund if I thought that that was going to translate that my money was going to translate into wall. And I don't know that it will. I don't know that it will. And I'm not questioning this guy's motives. I think he sounds like he's totally sincere in what he's trying to do. Right. Let, let's say he, things go well. He, he has a billion dollars in his account. How does that trans? Does that? Do you just give it to the government and let the government? Okay, promise the government. Oh, sure. We 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 promise. I'm crossing my fingers here to build a wall. Do you try to go out and hire a contractor yourself to go build a, build I don't a wall? Th- yeah, I don't think you could do that. So I. How do you do it? So, yeah, right. so, so how does how does the money translate in, into into a wall? Reasonable in the, question. In the large, go ahead. But I was just going to say, uh, up until a certain point, it seemed like from everything that was going on that the president, despite his you know promise to shut the government down, it was looking Monday, Tuesday, maybe into Wednesday, even that the White House. There were headlines saying that the White House was going to uh, back away from the president's promise to shut the government down. Well. All that seemed to change Thursday morning. Well, and we'll and we'll see where this ends up. And I know that I've seen all sorts of stuff on Facebook from our people. It's like, okay, I'm Ann Coulter, the most prominent is I'm not voting for the guy and again, as if I'm okay. We'll just we'll just we'll just let the open border Democrats who are going to give amnesty to twenty to forty million Ameri- uh, illegal aliens win the election. But first and foremost, is do you have? 146, you need one-third plus one of the House or 34 senators who are willing, not just now, but 30 days from now, two months from now, three months from now, six months from now, in the face of unremitting media pressure to sustain a veto of, a, of, 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 of President Trump's veto of a spending bill that doesn't provide money for the wall. So first, that's the first question, is how many, how many Republicans— 
are willing to sign a document today that says, however long it takes, I will vote to sustain the president's veto? I don't know. Well, the other aspect because, because of this is as it's coming down to the crunch time, there are a lot of Republicans who said, I'm uh, I'm done. You know, they were tired are some of them are getting out of Dodge. There may not be enough people in Congress to actually pass this thing out of the House Wait, and so, send it over to the Senate. We, well, we, we still there's still until January. There's still a Republican majority in the House. No, 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 no. I'm yeah. saying today, given Christmas is coming up, there may be a lot of people that have uh, flown the coop and said, I'm going back home. Could be. I'm just saying that Could be. W- w- we so, won't know that. So you, you just think, OK. You think this thing through before you start on the battle, before you be before you try to emulate George Armstrong Custer with about six hundred men attacking ten or eleven thousand Sioux Indians, and we remember what happened to him. Think this thing through of how you of a are you going to be able to win this thing? Will the Democrats ever vote money for the wall? No. They won't. They've said in as much as they won't. They've demonstrated that they won't. So starting as this new Congress takes over, if you don't get it done now, you ain't going to get it. Right. And and the Republicans have still had themselves tied up with the filibuster rule in the Senate. So 60 votes, you need 60 votes. Now, what they could have done if they were warriors for our cause is they would have passed a reconciliation bill. They would have done a new budget for this year. They would have passed a reconciliation bill. They would have passed. They would have made the tax cuts permanent. And they would have provided money for the wall and other border security measures. But our people are not warriors, unfortunately. So that's, so that, so that's not going to happen. All right. So if you're to avoid emulating either the charge of the light brigade or George Armstrong Custer, pick your analogy. You think this thing through. Do you, do you win on the, how do you win on the other side before you start on the battle? Now, on the other side, if this thing is closed, all the government employees involved are not going to get paid. Now, fortunately, because they've already passed a defense bill for this year, the soldiers are going to get paid through the rest of this fiscal year. Right. So it's just some other civilian government employees in, ho- in Homeland Security and some other departments. Department that, of Education, Department of Energy. There's a lot of departments, by the way, that Rand Paul, Senator Rand Paul says, we don't we shouldn't even be paying for these. Any, we don't even we shouldn't even be having these as a part of our government. Right. And uh, you know, same, same with Rick Perry, if you could have remembered all of them. You remember, I, if you remember that, you remember that instance. Yes, in, in, I do. Yeah, he couldn't remember. He couldn't remember. No, no, uh, no, no, his defense. He had had back surgery and he was under medic, pain medication. Oh, don't defend Rick Perry. He doesn't need. Okay. He's, okay. he's got thick skin. Anyway, so, so let's, let's go back. To, let's go back to main topic. And actually, let's take a break here and then we'll come back to the main topic. And I will tell us how the things that President Trump could do to advance our cause in immigration after this word from All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. Car Star, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. 
This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen, and in terms of most important, and Coulter was right when she said immigration is the most important issue because it determines all other issues. We were at the break here. We're just watching and we're we're recording on Thursday. President Trump was speaking on the subject and he was saying that he hopes for a bipartisan bill that provides for securing the border. No way, no how is that going to happen because the Democrat Party understands the political importance of immigration. They are stacking the voting deck in their favor with legal and illegal immigration, California being a prime example. And California is what politically the rest of America is going to look like soon if we continue the open borders, mass immigration policies. 1.5 million legal foreigners come into the country every year, plus whatever number of illegals, and under our current laws, as, as interpreted by liberal judges, there were just one this week, some liberal judge, the same one hearing the Flynn case, was, a, like was appointed by Clinton. Not, not only said that the President Jeff's former AG Sessions reinterpretation of the asylum standards, the way it was before 2014 when Obama grafted on new, qualifi- new ways to get asylum that's not in the statute, says not only that's not v- valid, is that you order the government to go find the people that have been already previously deported illegal immigrants and fly them back. I don't know if it has to be first class or not, back to America. So that's, so that's, so that's, it's never going to be bipartisan. The Democrats are not going to do this. So now we talked about before. And that was, that was actually because of a, an agreement the U.S. signed with the U.N., Back in the 80s yes. that we're being held accountable for now to agreement. bring never back, mind our laws. Right. Never mind our laws. But and then, of course, you know, Belgium just lost not Belgium. Uh, what country over in the east, Eastern Europe uh, just had their prime minister? There was Belgium was Belgium right. resigned because he signed on to the this U.N. Line. agreement. Right. That provides for open borders and unlimited immigration and one of his coalition partners in his government said no and withdrew from the government and forcing the prime minister who still signed the agreement to to, have to uh, resign to resign so so here's what here's what donald trump can and should do is right now the situate the open border democrats and the cheap labor republicans like the situation with immigration just fine the way it is so Donald Trump goes to them and says, please change the law. Get out change the law. Americans are being killed. The, the burden of illegal immigration on American taxpayers is huge. All those kind of things. And of course, they don't, of course, nothing happens. He has to change the status quo. And what he can do and should do is under 1182F of the immigration law, he can express, this is express statutory authority. He can bar the entry of all aliens into the country. So he does this, and now if you want any temporary workers, which business much likes, if you want any immigration at all before January of, 20, of 2021 at the very earliest, they now have to come to him with a bill that he'll sign. So you've just changed the whole dynamic. Instead of him coming to them and trying to get the open border Democrats and the cheap labor Republicans to do something, they now have to come to him. And then the second thing he needs to do is he needs to leverage Mexico. 
severely to get put because all these people are coming through Mexico and we we saw with the caravan not only did they let them in they gave them they gave them transportation through Mexico so what you do is you effectively close the border everyone who coming across the border is subject to interrogation and search every every vehicle every container in every vehicle it'll take about 2 hours every vehicle every vehicle so you start in the morning you do one vehicle then you, then you, then it's time for a coffee break. Do another vehicle lunchtime, another vehicle afternoon coffee break, another vehicle quitting time. See you all tomorrow. End airline traffic to Mexico. Cut off banking with Mexico. Give notice of the withdrawing from the NAFTA agreement. So you 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 impose such economic cut off the remittances because cutting off banking will cut off the remittances. You impose such a level of economic hardship and pain on Mexico that they'll have to stop this mass. So they're letting these people come through, not only from Central America, but from all over the world, from Bangladesh and the Middle East, all over the world are, are coming through Mexico and coming through our border because right now, as interpreted by liberal judges, you step foot in America and say the word asylum, you get let in, never to be seen again. Well, and that's the fault of our of our court system. I know Donald Trump had uh, added, Jeff Sessions actually added, um, what, dozens and dozens of new judges into that system because it was it was hopelessly backlogged but we found out this week that the uh united states is giving central america and mexico a total of 10 billion dollars as part of a combined package of stuff that's supposed to cut down on this now the Trump administration is literally committing billions of dollars to help Mexico engage in what's called institutional reform to help staunch the flow of illegal immigrants from Central America right. into Mexico. Um, will that happen? Uh, I don't know. But in this article that is actually pretty funny, the author says, I'll gladly enforce Tuesday for amnesty today. Absolutely. That's exactly. Parody, parody from, you know, from the Popeye cartoon and his friend Wimpy, who was famous for asking, I will gladly repay you on Tuesday for a hamburger today. Yeah. And he, he questions in this article our fixation on a physical border. But the wall really once built is policy that can't be undone. And it does really provide a physical and a social barrier oh, it does. on the border. Israel's wall has reduced illegal crossings by more than 99%. The problem is too many of the people in Washington are unaware of the conditions on the border. I think before, you know, ideally, before they ever settled this issue, I think every elected official should have to spend a week camping out on the border to see what's actually happened, to see the trash that's building up. It, some some of these desert areas where these crossings are popular are no longer recognizable because of the damage that's being done to this delicate desert environment, the trash including that's being in, left behind. Right, including endangered species. Normally you think, you know, the, the liberals are right there. If, they're, if, if a single endangered lichen, snail, insect, fungus is threatened, but now there, there is mass damage to endangered species from the illegal immigration. But they don't care about that They're, because they understand the political importance. Right. I'll push back a slide on what you just said. I think that the guys in Washington, they know exactly what's happening on the border. And they either don't care or they're in favor of it. They like the mass full of people I think for other reasons. I think that's true for the leadership. I'm not so sure it's true for every 
elected official. Uh, the leadership gets these elected officials, these other freshmen, sophomore, juniors, to go along with the program. I think if these people went down to the border and had to spend time, the leadership would be less effective in getting them to line up behind them. That's, I think, more a more subtle twist to what I was saying. Could be. I, I, think, I think they know what they're doing. And I had that discussion with last week with Susan Tully from, from Federation for American Immigration Reform. She said that Schumer and Pelosi were out of their minds. I said, no, they're not. They know exactly what yeah, they're doing. Yeah, those people, I agree. I agree with you. They know exactly what they're doing. They understand that this is life, that the Democrat Party is on life support right now. If not for this inflow of immigrants, the Democrat Party would be hemorrhaging people especially and i think this will be interesting for 2019 you know something to watch for i think that people are being driven out of the democrat party by the radical uh element in it the alexandria ocasio cortez's and others people are no longer finding themselves uh a home in the democrat party and i'm wondering where do they go in 2019 now where did they go in the last election when they, when they, when they, when they elected a majority in the House of open border, unlimited immigration Democrats, the ballots were harvested. So I, I don't know. I, I, you now, know, of, co- of course, most of these Democrats didn't campaign on the on their real platform of open borders and unlimited immigration. Right. So that's that's, that's another story. Let's take, let's pause again here and take a word from All Star Collision, the place to go when you have an accident, because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire Radio Show, the show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. And the private citizens have another job to do. Greg, tell us about that. Yes, and it's a related issue to the to immigration, and that is to defend freedom of speech, which is under attack on social media and through economic warfare waged by the Democrat Party and the left. And specifically, Tucker Carlson, he was talking about immigration and the caravan and illegal immigration. And he was talking to somebody who was a, a government official in Tijuana, where the like a city councilman. Uh, right. And he was you know, about all the trash and the dirt and the filth and now the, and the crime and the people are now breaking, they're breaking into homes. And he didn't like that very well you know, for, the, for, for his constituents. So then Tucker says, and this is close if not exact, is that this illegal immigration is making America uh, dirtier, poorer, and more divided. And of course, what the left does is they monitor conservative programs. They have, some, they have people watching them or listening to them for any kind of mistake that they can try to use to intimidate their advertisers into dropping the program. And they jumped on that, and a number of uh, 
a number of uh, of Tucker's advertisers have dropped from the show. One of whom is, I'm very disappointed with is Pacific Life. I used to be in financial services. I represented Pacific Life. They're based in uh, Fashion Island in Newport Beach, uh, which had been up until recently uh, a conservative enclave, uh, you know, all of Orange County. I'm going to guess that that's changed over the last, along with every other institution uh, that they've been infiltrated. But um, you, you you need to be aware of who's doing this. This is being this is being steered and engineered through a Hollywood producer. Uh, the entertainment industry is spearheading this, if you will. These people that you know they there's no they can't they can no longer fight they can no longer argue on the battlefield so now they're in the bushes and the skirmish has become you know let's go after their advertisers and um even some even some liberals are concerned politico commenting that please keep your hands off of tucker carlson's advertisers in the long run you'll only be hurting themselves because what goes around can come around um, not really. Not not until we develop the capacity to wage economic warfare like they do. Because right now, the liberal programs liberal can say virtually anything they want to, and there are no there are no consequences. Occasionally, some the conservatives kind of ad hoc try to boycott something or support something like uh, uh, not Chick Fil A, uh, In and Out Burger. There was an attempt at boycotting them, and in fact, you and I went over there and took our pictures and had lunch there to try to support them. So you need to support Tucker Carlson uh, because freedom of speech is on the line and we need to defend it everywhere. We're coming up on the, on the end of our show here this Christmas and we wish everyone a Merry Christmas and we talked at the outset to remember the reason for the season that which transcends politics. And we're going to close with a, one of my favorite pieces. It's uh, O Come Emmanuel and it's done by the Piano Guys which I just learned today from our engineer. They got their name, even though one plays the cello, one plays the piano, because they started their career together working in a piano store. So enjoy the song. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.